You're listening to Preservation Destination, the podcast where we explore the history of the built environment. Whether you are a preservation pro, dabbler, or just into fascinating history, you are in the right place. Join our host, Taylor Volz, as she interviews experts in the field of preservation as they pass their knowledge on to us. And here is your host of Preservation Destination, Taylor Volz. Welcome to this week's episode of Preservation Destination. Today, my guest is Peter Patu, a historic property specialist. Welcome, Peter. Well, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, Taylor, for even considering me, me on your wonderful Preservation Destination podcast. Sure. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do. I uh, grew up in South Louisiana in a little town called Generette on the Bayou Teche, where my family's been in the sugarcane business for um, a long time, and moved to New Orleans and was in the antiques business, and then eventually into the into the real estate business about 10, uh, 15 years ago. And, and, and of course, because of my love for, you know, our Louisiana architecture and architecture in general, I, you know, I wanted to specialize in historic properties. Okay. And so... I think that your services are, are somewhat unique because you've actually studied architecture. So you have a little bit of background in that. Well, I actually, the first two years of college in Lafayette, I studied architecture and then these architecture courses, you know, actually his architecture history courses there. And, and I do have a little background, but I, I, did, I did have, a, I went on to get a degree in business administration then. And, but I've studied, you know, you know, I'll, I'll go to the, a lot of conferences and, and, um, and when I first moved to New Orleans, I took that Louisiana, Louisiana history course at Tulane and, mm-hmm. I got an A. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's always good to have. <laughs> yeah. So why why specialize in historic properties? Why not just do well? I love because what I love, I love them. Okay. I, th- I think they're magical and enchanting, and that's what I I live in in, in a historic house uh, in a in the French Quarter, and I love that, and, and that's my passion. Mm-hmm. And so, when you went into real estate, is that did you know that's what you were going to do when yes. you started? Okay. Yes, I did. So you went with that goal then. Yes. Okay. All right. Part of the service that you offer to buyers and sellers is developing historic property portfolio for your clients. What what is involved in that process? Well, what it the property information packet on each property of significance is is a a book that we put all the, as much information as we can on the property. If it's on the National Register, we put that whole form. You know, historic vintage photographs, history, bibliography, and and uh, I had to distinguish myself from other real estate agents, and that has been very successful in selling properties as well as you know getting other listings because nobody else does this. Mm-hmm. So, do you do the research yourself, or do you have a team that helps you? Oh, with that? I, I have a, a wonderful staff that helps me put all this together. I I know where some things are, and then they know where other things are. And mostly, I always hire staff that you know has graduated from Tulane Preservation Program, like you have, mm-hmm. because they're resourceful, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm not as not as that resourceful, not that resourceful. Mm-hmm. And so Kelly Calhoun was a previous guest. She's done some work for you. Too, yeah, right? she, Ke- Kelly actually works for me now, and is is uh, that helps put these together. You know, these property information packets that you can see it at um, peterpatsu.com. Mm-hmm. You know sometimes they're even like 100 pages because yeah <laughs> you know like ridiculous but like i don't care i think it's great yeah you know, no they can print them out or give them to them and they could bring them to the bed and read them mm-hmm. you know and you know the serious person wants the minutia mm-hmm. but also the minutia can can consist of how far this, how far this property from the you know the new Orleans airport or the baton rouge airport or natchez you know people want to know that you know they also want to I also got these. Got a call one time for somebody wanted like the, the average temperature, you know. So okay, right. well, that's why we put that in there too, you know. Sure. So, okay. 
Yeah, I did notice. I, I was I looked at some of them on your website, and I saw that they were fairly extensive, many pages with lots of pictures, and and stuff like that. And I think that's just it's just really interesting. I love that you do that. I think that's that's really great because normally when I see packets, like my aunt's my aunt sells real estate, but she doesn't do historic properties, and so her packets are like you know new roof, air conditioning, <laughs> you know like yeah. that kind of stuff. So I love that you put all that stuff in the packets. I think that's great. But so when you're putting those together, your team's working on this kind of stuff. Have you come across anything that's been really just really cool and fascinating about a property that you've sold? Well, I have to say with two properties and the, within the listing and when, then putting the property information pack together, we, got, we found you we found vintage photographs that, that the owner didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. One was from Cole Spring Plantation in Wivel, Mississippi. That actually Kelly found on the, Kelly found not unidentified on the the not the National Register, it's the the uh, HABS website, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 she recognized it. And why was the owner surprised? The other one was the other one was Bayside Plantation, which is in in the Iberia Parish on the on the Bayou Teche, and it we actually during the during the listing, descendants of the builder came to came to visit, and they brought some photographs. Oh, okay. That showed the house when they were they were there in the mm-hmm. in the nineteenth century. That was pretty fascinating, and exciting. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And just for our listeners' sake, the the Habs is the Historic American Building Survey. <laughs> just in case we have some people that aren't aren't in the preservation field, so they they know what what you're talking about when you say Habs like that. Okay, yeah, I can imagine that you that that uh, you come across some really neat pictures. Have you ever had anybody? that's maybe just wanted you to do a national register nomination for them or helped with that in well, the process? Well, actually with Cole Spring on Wilbur, Mississippi, that property was built in 1803 or four and it's not on the national register, but I'm recommending that they hire Kelly Calhoun to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't do that, but it can, it, somebody else can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, that's pretty easy to, to recommend somebody and, and it's, and it's certainly, Many, it's easy to tell they're worth it or not. And mm-hmm. So, Cold Spring Plantation is, is certainly worth it because it's an early federal house that was remodeled in the 1840s, and uh, it's been the same family since then and phenomenal integrity. Okay, so I, I we didn't really mention this earlier, but you you have properties all over uh, Louisiana and Mississippi. Yes, my I have my my license is in Mississippi and Louisiana. Okay, so and I'm primarily you know involved in properties you know. In um, up and down the river river road, and along the Tesh, but I've also gotten calls from you know, people in um, you know in north of the lake in Lake Pontchartrain, and also as far away as Bunky, Louisiana. Okay. And um, <laughs> yeah, and also actually somebody called me from Tennessee, and wanted me to sell his property, his you know extraordinary antebellum house, mm-hmm. and um, but I I couldn't help him because I didn't have a license. But guess what I did? I found an appropriate real estate agent for him nice that went in that way yeah okay put in the right direction okay okay so how many how many properties do you have available right now i think about about actually actually in the last two months uh some have sold and then and two are under contract right now so my inventory is pre- pretty low low right now i have a house in a wonderful duplex in in a marini mm-hmm. on charter street that's it's a night phenomenal has phenomenal integrity original floors double you know double double parlor doors rather 
rather rather unusual to have a parlor doors in this modest house, but it works. Mm-hmm. Um, small backyard, and then a condominium, a wonderful condominium on on St. Peter Street in the French Quarter, a charming property and a beautiful um, small small property, small condominium, but a beautiful patio on the mm-hmm. first floor. How do you get referrals? Do you people come to you, or do you find people? Or? Well, you have to. You have. You know. So and so. What when I was in the antiques business for like twenty five or so years, most of my clients were old house people mm-hmm. and 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 affluent. And I'm actually, you know, been selling some of their houses. Okay. You know, that's that's how that's one way I I got some, and also referrals, and people read, you know, some of the um. My emails, people get calls in because of those and mm-hmm. and other publicity. Okay, know. okay. I'm always curious to yeah. find out how that how that and works. I, but I always <laughs> ask somebody who calls me where they got where they get it from, and, mm-hmm. and um and so it's it's you know because that's important to know where you, where your where your marketing dollars are being spent. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. that's important for podcasts too. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about this is your your big project that you've got right now and and i'm gonna try not to butcher these uh french words i'll help you but (laughs) i definitely took german in school not french so (laughs) so you've got maison chanel and the liqueur house which are uh, i guess they're together on one sort of property yes and it's basically what you're calling a french creole tout ensemble yes um so it's two houses and their dependencies, which is the the other out sort of outbuildings, along with the Holden collection, mm-hmm. and it's all on seventy five acres of land. Yes. Yeah, so this uh, is an unusual um, listing because normally movables are not kind of involved in real estate, mm-hmm. but the Holdens, who I've known most of my life, are the have assembled over the last fifty years have assembled the premier collection of Louisiana. Creole and Acadian furniture, decorative arts, and architecture. This is a world-class property that has influences from from you know from France to Africa, Canada, Spain, Mexico, the Caribbean, and it is a very important group of buildings and, and collection. The collection is actually is about fourteen hundred objects that were made or used in Louisiana before eighteen thirty, and. That is being that's what's being offered for sale now. Okay, and where where is this? Where are these located? The Maison Chanel and Liqueur houses um, are on in, in, in Point Capit Parish, which is right across the river from Baton Rouge. Okay, okay. So it's like it's like thirty minutes from from Baton Rouge. Okay, and so the I guess the Holdens own everything right now. Yes, and, they do. And how, do you know how they ended up with? Both of those homes. Well, they the, yes, I do. They 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 actually started collecting because they too took the Louisiana architecture course at Tulane, and were influenced by a man there who taught it. Then was named Sam Wilson, and mm-hmm. and and he was a big influence on them. And folk, they decided to focus on, you know, the furniture and the architecture. So so both of these properties that make both these properties in make Pocahontas Parish were actually both these these buildings rather, and the dependencies will actually move. To this site, okay. Uh, they were they were most of them were local in the parish, and they were threatened for you know, by demolition by neglect, and mm-hmm. so they, the Holdens, you know, moved them and restored them, and 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 were able to put their collection of decorative arts there. 
Okay, I didn't know that they had they had been moved. I guess I thought they were sort of plantation homes that were just kind of near each other. Let's see. So you talked a little bit about the collection, and and you said it's some furniture and some art and other things like that. Why are they selling everything? Well, he's eighty three, and she's about eighty. You know, there is time to move on. Okay. So they just they but they want the house to go to they they want the they want the caretaker. they want the they you know we we all want this property to go into into the um hands of somebody like a foundation or an entity that would take care of it and open it to the public and establish a cultural cultural center mm-hmm. or or somebody private who would would love it as well as the Holdens would. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I mean that you kind of that sort of answered my next question, which is like, ideally, what type of buyer would you like to see the uh, see acquire the property? Um, well, hopefully, you'll yeah. find somebody. Yeah, good I'm, for I'm trying it, real hard. It it sounds really it sounds really amazing. It is, yeah, um, just like a really great place. But again, I'll put links to all the stuff that you've got yeah. on your website. Okay, great. And there's an event coming up soon, right? Like a tour that's going to be happening at the house. So the Louisiana Museum Foundation. Is, is organizing a um, a, a, a tour t- to Maison Chanel and La Courthouse, as well as other other a few other sites in Point Capi Parish, and that's going to be on uh, Saturday, September the fourteenth. And now is the time to get your tickets. Okay. <laughs> um, and you can go to the Louisiana Museum Foundation website and or, or call or call that number, which I don't have. That's okay. Right now. <laughs> I'll find it. I'll put it in there. <laughs> Office number and uh, and order, but. It's it's um you know reservation to be made ahead of time. Mm-hmm. It's about one hundred twenty five dollars per person. We leave in a bus from New Orleans in, on Esplanade in front of the Mint around eight thirty in the morning, and and, and, and we've gone the whole day. The tour the tour concludes, and tour includes Mesa Chanel Le Courthouse in the collection as well as lunch at Restaurant Morales. It overlooks the beautiful Falsh River, and then a tour of Le, Lejeune House Garden. In the Punky P Museum. Okay. Okay. We'll get back to yours around seven o'clock or so. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk about where you live. So you mentioned that you are a resident of the French Quarter. So you're a long-term property owner and resident here. What's what is what can you tell us about your home that you live in? Well, I live very fortunate. I was able to um, to in the '90s move into this on this property as a renter. And actually rented rented the the back house um, back here, which is built in the eighteen twenties. And and my landlady was a lady named Marie Campbell, who whose grandmother bought this property, grandparents bought this property in the eighteen sixties. And Miss Marie grew up here, and she inherited the pair of the property in the in the forties, and and it, she turned it into rental property and hired the firm of Coke and Armstrong, which later became Coke and Wilson. And on on the on that staff was a man named Sam Wilson, and he was the person in charge of this renovation, which was a rather sensitive renovation. And so anyway, I moved on the property was a renter, and Mrs. Campbell at some point, you know, she was getting older, and she said to me, you know, I'm on my way out. <laughs> She's about 90 years old. I'm on my way out. Whatever my children want to do is fine with me. Mm-hmm. So anyway, anyway, it was put on the market, and Miss Campbell kind of actually. I'll give her credit because she really wanted me to have it, and she did make sure I had it. So I bought it from her. Mm-hmm. And when was that? 
In the, in the mid-90s. In the mid-90s? Yeah. Okay. So you, you have been here for quite, yeah. quite a while yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so, so this is a double? So this, what we're sitting in now is, is, a, is a, 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 a kind of Italianate double shotgun, but the house in the back is, is a... Is a is a Creole uh, masonette. It was actually a, it's a rare building that was the main house on the property when built in the 1820s, and and it was probably probably just a garden in the front. But it was not a slave quarter. It was not a gossonier. It was a principal house, and there's no other one, to my knowledge, that exists in the French Quarter. Oh wow! And so is that uh, is that one room deep? Yes, it is. It is. It's okay. one room deep and too wide. Too wide. Okay. Yeah. So it does. I mean, it could theoretically. You might confuse it with a people with always do or something. People like always that. do. Okay. And it's but it's two floors, right? It's two floors. Okay. Yeah. You have a lot of pretty foliage back yeah. there, so yeah. it's kind of yeah. it's kind of hard for me to see it. Yeah. But yeah. okay. We'll walk um, back there. We'll walk back there after this. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Yeah. And so you live in one side, and then you have somebody on so the, the other side. So the other side is is a, is a guest apartment. Okay. So this duplex, this 1870s duplex, 1880s, is 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 um this butterfly floor plan, and one side is where I live, mm-hmm. in 750 square feet, and the other side is exactly the same, and, and it uses the guest house. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's very nice in here. I mean, from from what I can see, I, I love how tall this is. Yeah, these I love these tall are. ceilings. Yeah, I really love that. Yeah, it's it's a really beautiful. It's always nice to see. Because you walk, you you know, you walk around the French Quarter and you see the buildings from the front. And usually, people mm-hmm. got their shutters closed, you know, because mm-hmm. you want your privacy. And it, it's always cool to come and like actually get to come in and see one yeah. or, or see what what the back looks like or the the courtyard or whatever. Because it's so much is hidden, um, kind of like in. Well, you're secret. always welcome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but we we enjoy doing the um, the VC Pora events where they yes, go yes. and open up the house. They've had two of those here. And the first one was, we weren't really, you know, the first one was packed mm-hmm. and like over, overwhelming. And the next one, I, I learned to kind of move things, push things to the, to the, my patio is not very big, as you can see, mm-hmm. and, but we had to kind of even get a few more inches by pushing the benches and things to the walls and uh, we survived. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Yeah, we, we really enjoy coming to those events. Yeah. I think those are, I think those are, whoever thought of those, it was a really great at, idea. At home. It's called At Home. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. those, I think those are great. Yeah. I love doing this because you can get it to people's house you never see, you know. Yeah. You know, and um, see all the that, Which is great. Stuff. I mean, that's just, that's, yeah, because my goal and your goal is to go into every house in the French Quarter. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? I would love to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see them all. And I like to see what people have done to them, too. You know, sometimes I go in and I'm like, and then other times I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> so you've also, your home's been featured in two major publications. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? So um, a few years ago, some friends of mine, some photographers from, from New York State, Sue Daly and her, and her uh, partner did a book on actually Louisiana Creole houses and featured this property in there. And that was quite an honor. And um, they featured, you know, actually Maison Chanel, too. Okay. And, and La Cour House and many other houses that that are owned by friends of mine. In fact, the front cover and the back cover was a house called uh, Jacques Dupre, which uh, was my first kind of plantation house that I had listed. Okay. And they were so kind to give me the, all those photographs. Not only, not only did they give me the photographs to use, they also hooked me up with, the, um, they told the editor of the, York Times real estate 
to g- give me a call because they, they thought it'd be, it should be featured in the New York Times, and it was. Oh, nice. We love that. Yeah, yeah. So did they feature your house? Or? They featured the Jacques Dupre house that was for sale. Okay. Yeah, okay. it was you know, on the Sunday, the Sunday part where they, you know, the Sunday section where they feature houses in different parts of the country at, at the same price, which is what you get in Louisiana or, or California or Nevada. Mm-hmm. You know? So you can yeah. see what yeah. what, <laughs> what yeah. you get for 750 square feet yeah. in different places. I hope they do that with. I'm trying to get them to do that with you know Mason Chanel because that'll knock them out of the water. Yeah, you get a lot of bang for your buck there. Yeah. Okay. So what is it like living and working in the French Quarter? Oh, it's a dream come true. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll actually live here, and uh, and and my office is in the front room and. We kind of use this during the daytime as a whole office. You know, this this desk, this table right here is a, is a dining room dash, dash dash war room. You know, it's everything. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's very very useful. And I mean, I mean, I, I'm in, I'm, and then right outside the right right outside my door is is Bourbon Street. Uh, I have to say on the respectable end, <laughs> but nonetheless, I like people tell like like people tell like, I like telling people that I live on Bourbon Street. Yeah, I'm sure you get a lot of surprised. Uh looks and stuff i think a lot of people don't realize that there's like actually residences along along here i have to i have to let you know that i know you know who francis benjamin johnston was she was Mm -hmm. a photographer who who did a lot of work she was from the north and she did a lot of work for the um works parks administration and uh and the and the uh, historic emotion bird survey and she came down to do like a southern tour and took photographs in you know mississippi and louisiana and we still benefit from those, you know, on on um, their use. Anyway, anyway, in the 1930s or so, she 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 wrote, bought a house in this block of Bourbon Street, mm-hmm. and somehow I had to do a little research on her, and and in her in her biography or, or her or her, she 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 writes that she she bought a house on the respectable end of Bourbon Street. <laughs> so I use that so, as yeah. often as I guess where I get that from. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> Yeah, I've always, I mean, I've I've been here about 10 years, and I thought about living down here, but I don't know. I think I'd have to have a setup like you where I can live and work, right? You know, right together. <laughs> it's, Otherwise, um, it'd be frustrating, I think. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, it works out really well for me, and, and if you can do that, that's the thing you should do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I've definitely thought about it. When when I first moved here, I, I went to school with a girl at, at Tulane, and her goal was to before she she wasn't here permanently. She was just here for school, and her goal was to live in all of the different neighborhoods at least once while she was here. And so she had already lived like she had already lived uptown, and she had lived in the Marigny. And then um, when I knew her, she had she had found a small. I, I almost say like a rent control unit here in the French Quarter that she was living in, and and she had a few more places she wanted to check off before she I, moved I away. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. I want to meet her. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. I mean, I don't know where she is now. That's mm-hmm. been a long time. But maybe she's doing cities now, countries. Yeah. <laughs> I think she, I think she's keeping going. <laughs> but you know, she also she was a bike rider too, so yeah. she just you know she yeah. didn't have to worry about parking and all of that stuff, yeah. which is can be a little difficult around here as we found out today for sure. Yes. I kind of want to talk about like things that are more related to architecture since you studied it and you really love old houses. Are there any particular architectural details that you really love? Well, you know, I have to say I love French doors. You know, I have a, mm-hmm. I have a, 
uh, I think this house has this property has maybe 20 and and I, I love the fact that you can open up half of it and and use it and and you know keep the you know kind of keep the climate control going and also it looks pretty yeah they're lovely and, um, and it and also you, it works because you know you, you don't have this big old door you know that you have to deal with and so what happened was when I first moved in here all there was the all the doors were were the inside inside doors, which were single doors, you know, were here, and I, I couldn't ha I couldn't deal with it. Mm -hmm. So I took them all off and put them in the attic. Mm -hmm. This is too much. It was too much. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> well, it can be when 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 you have you know, it's not like the rooms are really huge, and you no. have these are very big doors, yes. <laughs> very tall doorways. Yes. So yeah, yeah, I can imagine they take up a lot of space when you're opening them into a room. Yeah. I can see that. I personally, I'm a huge fan of pocket doors. Love yeah, pocket I love doors. pocket doors too. Mm -hmm. I wish this house had pocket doors. The little house I have for sale in Marigny, you know, it's just mod it's a modest house. It's even smaller than this. It has po it's a duplex pocket doors. Mm -hmm. That's great. It's like what what's going on here? <laughs> you know, like, but it looks great in there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The other thing I really like is mantelpieces. This particular mantelpiece in front of us is not original. This house is actually from another house in the French Quarter, but you know, I got dispensation from Gene Sissick to put that in, and um, and the original is actually actually in storage. It's a, a simple wooden house, but 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 I, uh, this house has all the original mantelpieces, mm -hmm. and I really like that. Mm -hmm. You know that you can you can, and the original floors, transoms, you know, um, you know it hasn't been hasn't been overly you know renovated. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I was going to say I, it looks I, like I, the original I, floors. And I like adjusting to the. To the floor plan that's there. I'm, I'm not a. Yeah. I'm a person that kind of adjusts because mm -hmm. I'm not interested in, in in opening up things and I like a lot of rooms. Yeah. You know. I feel like that too. I, I had a previous guest on where we we've kind of talked about going with the flow of a historic house mm -hmm. versus fighting against the way it was originally designed, like a lot of people do, by blowing walls out and stuff like that. And um, I'm definitely one of those people too. I do not mind having separate rooms. You know, our our apartment is kind of kind of like that too, where we live yeah. like our kitchen's sort of down the hall and around the corner, you know, yeah. away from like the rest of the living space. And so I'm kind of like that too. And and then as much um, as much original bathrooms and kitchens that I can get to. I love I love old bathrooms and kitchens. Mm -hmm. So this is my kitchens and bathrooms in here as well as the back house, 1940s. Right. I mean I didn't I didn't touch anything. I, mean, I touched a little bit, but not um, but like those tiles and they all beaten up and some of them are ugly, but I don't even see that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got 1930s in in our yeah. apartment. Yeah. The same the kitchen and I love the bathroom. That. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. I, those are one of my favorite things on Instagram. I follow somebody that's just it's just old pictures of old bathrooms that's all Ooh, it is I want those I want that I want that address I want to follow okay. it too <laughs> but you know yeah that's definitely another thing that I like too do you yeah. have a what about a particular style like an overall style architectural style well you know I'm fond of of, of all, all the so many of the styles I'm you know I used to be a you know kind of an antebellum snob you know pre pre you know antebellum pre antebellum antebellum pre antebellum but I have to tell you that Several years ago, my first cousin kind of ended up with our our grandmother's house in Patuville, and he and he basically he willed it to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, this 1920s bungalow, 
I should say, 1920s, not bungalow, 1920s um, Mediterranean Revival style. Okay. You know, uh, that looks would look more at home in Gentilly than mm-hmm. in Iberia Parish, I have to tell you. It's it's a stucco house with that with, you know, kind of a, a red red cement roof to simulate terracotta and built like a fort. It's mm-hmm. it's it's just remarkable and and I I have to say I, I, I love that too. You know, it's well done. It was maintained, it has integrity and uh, the last thing that was done to that was uh, they added a little little bathroom addition like in the, during World War Two, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Original kitchens there. You have to come out there and do a little podcast from there. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like a great space. It's, I yeah, love seeing yeah. stuff like that. And so, but but I, I, so I'm 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 you know, your education teaches you about about you know you know all these styles. And I grew, I grew up in a mid-century modern house. My parents built a house in nineteen fifty in the fifties. And on the banks of the Bayou Tesh and Generet, and where I grew up, and you know, I, I really like that house. You know, I I, I grew to love it, and very it's very well done and no nonsense and functional, mm-hmm. and I, I really appreci- appreciated that. You know, mm-hmm. um, Gene Sizzik, Gene Sizzik, the professor at Tulane, I guess was he there when you were there? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, you know, I said, and he says he called it a no nonsense house. Yeah. You know, uh, and um, you know, but it, it faced the Bayou Tesh with these big windows and very functional with cork floors and probably nine foot ceilings or eight and a half probably and, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um and um you know and um but very well done and you know so I appreciate that too mm-hmm. yeah I it took me a long time to really appreciate mid-century homes and now they're probably my favorite my favorite style and and for the longest time, I, I couldn't stand ranch houses, like, at all. I was like, oh, I can't stand ranches. They're so horrible. And now I'm like, oh, look at that cute little 1956 ranch, you know? I know what you mean, but I'm not going that far. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I mean, you know, I, I love the high-style ones, too. But yeah. there's something to be said for, like, what you said. They're the little functional homes, I think, yeah. are... You know, not everybody can afford one of those ones that's out over by the lake over there. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> that right. are that are amazing, but yeah. a little little out of reach for a lot of us. Let's talk about like your buying and selling process. What are some of the challenges that you face selling historic properties? Well, so so many of my listings are, are plantation houses and that are rather expensive and are they need a lot of work. You know they're remote, and 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 so your your clientele is is rather narrow, mm-hmm. and so you have to put these those type of properties you know on the market for a while. Mm-hmm. You have to tell you know, tell the client that it may take two years to sell your house, and they don't like to hear that. Yeah, but I just say it once, and like you know I just you know just kind of go on. <laughs> <laughs> I will work on it. I promise. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah I can imagine. I, I mean, I imagine selling stuff in New Orleans is a touch easier than something that's it, kind it of is. out. It is. It's, it's all about. You know, one thing I learned about in, in in real estate school is that it's all about the price. You know, it's the price is what would you have to figure out the right price, the selling price, and so listing price is not necessarily the selling price, and not even the selling price is not even the value sometimes. Mm-hmm. But the, but um, but anyway, it, it all kind of works out. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, obviously, yeah. here you are. You've been doing it for a long time, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> What happens is you test the market. You, you know, sometimes people want to list their price at a certain list their house at a certain price, and you you test the market, but you have to come down the price. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I, I I guess you would have to find a, just exactly the right type of buyer for for something like that. I've seen a few 
that I've been like, oh, that would be amazing to live there, but it's like two hours from yeah, anything. Yeah, you, you can't, you can't, yeah, you have to, you have to be, you know, in a, in a place in your life that you can, you can handle, handle that, mm-hmm. you know, um, so, but with the joy is in the last couple of months is that I, I connected buyers to, to houses that, you know, that are, they're perfect. At Cold Spring, this wonderful clients uptown just fell in love with Cold Spring, which is under contract right now. And, you know, they're the perfect, they're the perfect sensitive um, people for this house. Mm-hmm. The same thing happened at Bayside, which is under contract as well right now. In uh, in Generette, this is a house built in the 1850s, and and uh, one of my uncles built bought in the 1930s and lived there for a couple few generations, and and now there it's time to it's time to sell the house, and and finally a nice another nice couple in New Orleans, you know, kind of connected with it, and the perfect they're the perfect buyers for this, you know, for these mm-hmm. properties. That's that's really a, of course these people become my friends, right? You know, yeah. I can imagine going back and forth a lot about yeah. it, and then just, I, I, I think I would probably want to be one of those people that calls them up like a year or two later and be like, How, "How's it going? You still like the house? Have you well, done I, anything with it yet?" Well, I told them <laughs> I want to, I want a bedroom. I know, yeah, I, I, I come with it. Uh-huh. I love that. That's great. <laughs> I guess that that's kind of a little bit about what I was going to ask in my next question, like what what your successes have been. So you would say it's it's. It makes you feel good Pretty to find just that right person. Yes, for the, for the for the house. And so I just that's when I get well. I'm dual agent, and when my marketing efforts bring in the client, and but sometimes the the client is I don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. If another agent brings it in, and, and it's it's not my client, and, I, and I'm a, you know I, that's fine too. But you know I don't have any closure mm-hmm. because I don't know them. Yeah, it's that you like the personal connections. I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think that that's pretty common with real estate people. Uh, you know, like I said, my aunt sells and my godmother used to sell. And, and she just, especially my godmother, she just loves meeting new people and talking to yeah. new people. It's one of her favorite things. And she will talk your ear off all day long. Uh, <laughs> but she was great at it because she was great, you know, that yeah. she was great at doing that and, yeah. and, and making those connections. Would you say that you have a, a favorite property that you've uh, researched and sold, or are they all um, kind of your babies? Well, they're all they're all different, and so they all have your your resources are all different for for them. You know, even the first house I, I sold was Jacques Dupre house, and that was you know came with a lot of information and and easy. And I mean, fortunately, I have to say that you know. Some people have approached me about their houses and their properties, and it's and unless it's a beautiful place, it's hard for me to get excited about it. And and that is, that's a, one of the criteria for me. But if they also want one of the, if their financial objective is a price that is a lot more than it's worth, I have to bow out mm-hmm. because it takes a lot of energy and time and money to kind of market these properties and. And, um, and if they don't understand that the, the value by hiring, I recommend hiring a, hiring, hiring a, an appraiser, and they don't want to do that, I tell them, well, you know, I'm asking you to spend about $450 on an appraisal, you know, to get a, uh, an understanding of the a fair market value. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm getting ready to spend several thousand dollars, so I think my request is, is pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. And if they don't do that, then I can't work with them. Sure. 
I can understand you know, that. You know, because they're not being a part. Is this is a partnership? This is a team, right? And the owners have to be on the same team. So I can. There's two houses that that people re, the owners reached out to me because of my ability, but they were very very they were unreasonable mm-hmm. and like, well, sorry, right? <laughs> Just because it's old and it's in New Orleans doesn't mean that you know. It's worth as much as you think it is. Actually, these are out, these these or properties were out, out of the country. There was not New Orleans people. New Orleans, it's 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 easy to get it kind of values in New Orleans because of the the MLS, the multiple reserve, and, and other conferences. But when you go in the country, you know, for for bigger properties, you know, they it's it's you need a realist, you need a you need an appraiser, mm-hmm. appraisal, and so it it basically, you know, if they to go forward, you know, it's it's and it, it, What's going to happen is they're going to get you know nobody, not many people have like, you know, bundles of cash to buy properties and when uh, when the when the loan is made it kicks in an appraisal and appraisal comes in is that's the reality mm-hmm. and so you know you get, get once you know that up front mm-hmm. and we can make some decisions intelligent decisions to market sell your property at a fair market value but some people have these financial objectives and it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So it's a process, you know, to, to sell something and you know, for somebody to sell something. And some people are, are very reasonable and some people are not. Mm-hmm. Do you work with, do you have any appraisers that you, you would recommend that specialize in historic properties? In New Orleans, you know, I do. Jeff Lutz is is the, the one here in New Orleans. He teaches at Tulane and has been very professional and I recommend him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I, I could see how if you if you were working with an old building and you had the wrong kind of assessor <laughs> that might not um, recognize um, the value of certain things, that it's worth hiring somebody that's familiar with um, historic properties. And then, um, in, and then, of course, in that case, it's also valuable to hire somebody like Kelly, who's you know can do the research and, and let you know. You know, this is this is where their value is coming from. Right, that's correct. You know, you know, you just can't just pick up. You just you you know you, the property's gonna be worth its fair market value. It doesn't matter what you owe. Right. What you've done to it. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you put you know put pave the whole interior in marble. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or put a swimming pool in. But what you need to do is keep up your property mm-hmm. and keep it keep it up and refresh it and and that's what. That's what helps things sell, you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, faster and a better price. Mm-hmm. Um, like functional windows. Like functional windows and <laughs> air, just clean, have your have your central air and heat checked twice a year and and keep things repairs done. Keep keep you know have your house inspected for termites. You know, get things repaired. Mm-hmm. Keep things repaired. Mm-hmm. It's all going to come out in the wash. Yeah. Because there's going to be inspections and. And don't do like these other clients of mine did: buy a house without 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 buy a house for cash without seeing it or inspecting it, and and then they they wanted to sell it. They contacted me, nice nice kind of double shotgun house, and you know there was a there was not a there was, the, the inspection came in with the, from the the buyer the new buyer, and there was just a, a litany of of things that. Rather, actually, rather small things that were not done, mm-hmm. and all that got all that got um had to be done before it was sold. Right. No, 
and but they didn't, you know. So I, I tell pe- people, to, buyers and sellers, you know, buyers get you get an appraisal, get a get inspection. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you know the um, you know appraisal is really not needed, you know, and but that's on them. Right. That's some really good advice. Y'all heard it here first from the professional. <laughs> and I have to say that one of my clients who has a lot of property in New Orleans, when he sells a property, he gets it he gets it inspected first, mm-hmm. then puts it on the market. Mm-hmm. So you get the inspection report, and you can fix these little things. Right. And, you go, and, and that inspection report becomes part of your marketing. You, know, mm-hmm. you, you have to disclose things that are wrong, and, well, listen, I did everything's fixed. You know? Yeah, I've already and that's taken really care of it. Yeah, because you know? yeah, nobody likes to get a list of things that they have to fix, you know, yeah. you, you want to be able to move in and, yeah. and move that's, in. That's <laughs> ideal, yeah. 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 What, what would be a dream property for you? Like, what building would you love to facilitate the sale of? Is it one that you maybe already sold? Oh, I'd love to sell a few more, a few, sell them again. Well, I mean, the Jacques Dupre house was in Point of View Parish was, was my first house. It was, you know, it was 35 acres and this phenomenal Creole house that was, had been moved and, but it was been moved and meticulously restored. And I, I sold that for you know that for six in six months. That sold for asking price in cash. Wow, that really got me going. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's that was just beautiful. And actually, a few years ago, I had the wonderful listing, phenomenal listing in Mississippi up in Natchez, Dunleith mm-hmm. Historic Inn, and that uh, that owner went into bankruptcy, and the bank that bank you know the bank in Mississippi got it back, and they recently called me to. Po- the possibility of listing it for them and so mm-hmm. i can't wait to get that back yeah so you get the you get another opportunity to mm-hmm. to sell it at a, at a more fair more reasonable price mm-hmm. the property that james owns up there in natchez were you oh james wade yeah. yeah no i wasn't i'm i'm i'm, I'm just learning to forgive him for that <laughs> but uh, but he but he got he james wade it's really got a great property, great it's townhouse. Yeah. You've, been, you've seen it? We've seen it, yeah. You know, it's like a, a town, the only only surviving antebellum townhouse in Natchez. Mm-hmm. And um, I recently visited him, and you know, he got he got he inherited his parents' furniture, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of being incorporated in there. I think another year, another year, that will get it in there. Yeah. But he's great, beautiful property, you know, in meticulous detail, and, you know, he's, he's really, you know, enjoying Natchez and... You know, and he's so happy they gave him a, a phenomenal house to be in charge of. Right. Longwood. He's yeah. Like an element. Yeah. Yeah. He seems to really like it up yeah. there. We we went and visited Good. him a few months Good. ago. Good. Yeah. Good. So you you've been selling for quite some time now. Have you seen any trends happen in the years that you've been selling properties? I don't. I, don't, I should. I don't. No, not really. I, okay. I don't. I don't really call it a trend. It's it's, the, it's these properties sell sporadically and. Well, I have to tell you, I'm selling more now than late than than, than the beginning. So that that's a good trend. If that's that's not a trend, I think it's just it's just a the right property, the right set, the right price. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I hope it is a trend. Yeah, I would just be curious to see if if people are more inclined uh, to buy something uh, older or historic properties now than they were, you know, maybe twenty twenty five years ago. I think there's always. Fortunately, I think there will always be people who in, really appreciate good architecture and the magic and the sublime beauty of, of an old, old property. Mm-hmm. I think so. I, I mean, I hope. I hope so. <laughs> I, I think. I think it's this. It's never stopped. Mm-hmm. You know, properties sell. Properties are put in the market and they sell. You know, at a certain price. Mm-hmm. 
eventually they sell. So right right now it's good for me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, or, or you wouldn't you wouldn't still be doing it, I guess. <laughs> that's right. I think that's just about it. Pretty much all the questions I had, but I did want to ask if you could go over. Um, how our listeners can get in touch with you in case they have questions or want to look at some of your properties. Well, I, I love when people go to my website, which is which is peterpatu.com, and that's spelled P-E-T-E-R, P as in Peter, A as in Apple, T as in Tom, O-U-T.com, where you can view my listings and actually have some formal listings in there too that um, we could kind of let people know about. Or you can email me at peterpatu at yahoo.com and my cell phone number is uh, 504-481-4790 and you have an instagram as well i have an instagram as well correct and that would be peter.patu okay p-a-t-o-u-t okay i'll put in the show notes for this episode i'll put all that information so they can just link right to it and put your phone number and everything in there you follow me on instagram i do I don't, I don't know you. Who, who are you in the area? Um, I think I'm following you under Preservation Destination. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I can't keep up with all that stuff, all yeah. those names. You know, and I don't, I don't look at Instagram roasts all, all the time. But Instagram is Instagram. I have to tell you that that I met this, the, the people who bought Bayside from me. Mm-hmm. I met them on Instagram. Oh, really? I met them because of Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Then you want those people, and I had a. a, a a, um, an open house on a charming little condominium I had for sale in the French Quarter, and and they came, they had they came, because they're on the way to you know, Galtois, but nonetheless, they thought it was charming and they wanted to see this little place and it wasn't for them but, you know, but they wanted to they, they like charm and, well they got they got Bayside instead. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've I've used it to to reach out to people for to be guests on the podcast. Yeah, it's been, it's just, been really yeah, helpful because you, you could just so you know. So I want to recommend Stephen Sterling. Mm-hmm. He's actually a, a, a old house contractor, and a, and con, you know consultant now. He's kind of elevated. But he also does these these spoons, the wooden spoons. Yeah, yeah. and so uh, that would be good. For, you know, that would be you could enjoy him. Yeah, he's, he's worthy of all that. Okay. You know. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's about all I have for you today. Peter, thank you for being a guest on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Let us know what you think by leaving a review on iTunes. If you would like to get a direct link to our guest's information or just want to give us a shout, you can contact us by visiting our website at preservationdestination.com. There you can check out each show's notes and much more information about the podcast. If you prefer good old-fashioned social media, we are also on Instagram and Facebook as Preservation Destination. Feel free to give us a like and click the follow button to stay informed about upcoming episodes. Again, thank you for being with us, and we hope you'll join us again next time here on Preservation Destination. Mm -hmm.